He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day... He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is... Now! The OG of Jets podcasting and blogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother, testify. On Turn on the Jets Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. And with me, as always, are Josh Conrad and Travis Milton. Josh, you can find on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad. And Travis, you can find under a solid 21 inches of snow in southwest Virginia at Dash 37 Board 27. Travis, sorry that we gave you the wrong time last week, so that is totally on me, but what's going on? You're under snow, uh, seems like there's a lot of things happening all at the same time for you. Um, yeah, definitely, uh, ass loads of shit. I realized the other day I'm probably the, the, I probably cuss more than anyone on the entire podcast network, so I'm really glad I got to lead off with me saying that. Um, it's, tw- yeah, 21 inches of snow at my house right now, I'm sitting at, uh, my wood-fired kitchen slash tasting room for our vineyards, which is opening up on Sunday, um, theoretically. Uh, But right now it's under 21 inches of snow-ish. I think there's only 16 here. But if you hear any crashing, that's the 16 inches of snow falling off the the tin roof of this place as I'm I'm giving this this podcast (laughs) with you guys. Yeah, that, I, bet, I bet that has an interesting sound. So uh, we'll we'll keep we'll keep our ears tuned for that. Um, Josh, how are you feeling after the Jets' big win yesterday in Buffalo? Oh man, this was a weekend of stomach flu in the Conrad House, and so oh. Sunday Sunday around the time Sam Darnold went out of the game after the first series, I just I just said I looked at my wife and said this was just an omen for how this game was going to go. Um, but hey. Listen, a victory with a competitive team, guys. Come on. This is what we want, right? Uh, do we want it at this point in the season, though? I, like I don't want wins. No, no. I, I talked about that last <laughs> week on this podcast. This is not what we wanted. We want we want c- competition, and then we want to lose in heartbreaking fashion to keep, keep that top draft pick in mind. But listen, on a day where both the Raiders and the Niners also won, it's not the, it's not the worst thing in the world that could have happened. It's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about the 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 that element of it, but the um, I mean, and especially the Raiders winning to the Steelers, right? Like, <laughs> who could have seen that coming? Oh my goodness! Um, but yeah, I, I'm definitely of the mind, Josh, that I certainly want my team to win. I have friends and fellow you know bloggers and writers who are adamant, like you always want the team to win, and I'm kind of like, yeah, I do, but also. If they can get one of the top juicy, juicy players, like yeah, and or use those picks to trade down and get other juicy players, like I'm, I'm always in favor of that. So I, I see both sides of the coin is 
is what I would say. But it's an interesting game. So the Jets go to Buffalo. They win. It wasn't expected. I mean, there's a lot of poetic waxing happening. Uh, if you look at the the newspapers, you know, I'm seeing uh, Mark Canizzaro writing, you know, the moments uh, Sam Darnold signaled he's ready to lead the Jets. He's talking about the, uh, the third and five on the Buffalo seven-yard line where he kind of rolls out, extends the play, and then just, you know, throws that dagger back to Robbie Anderson, right? And, uh, you know, now and he's you know, calling up the mystical moments of, you know, Steve Young. And I'm like, well, okay, all right, all right, let's, let's, let's hold on now here a minute. Um, I like Sam Darnold fine, but watching that game, Travis, you know, do you feel like you saw some maturation from Sam Darnold, or what did, what did you see? Um, I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've always been kind of in the camp you guys were talking about, about, you know, this time of year, these wins don't mean crap. But for me, the, the fourth quarter of that game and specifically the last two minutes of that game made, made dropping from third to fifth in the draft all worth it for me. Getting to see mm-hmm. Sam Darnold run a two minute drill Game-winning drive. That was that was all worth it to me. Um, I, I I see how you know uh, it, it looks like he's got better command in the pocket. But you know one of the things that is always great about him, and it's it's one of the things that Jeremy Bates even said he loved about him was that uh, I believe he called it beautifully sloppy or, or or something to that extent. And it's those those busted plays that he's literally making it happen on his own. Um, those are the things that you see and you go, holy crap, that's, that's what, that's what we got this guy for. And the way the offense has been running lately and you haven't seen that. And I don't know how, how much of that's him, how much of that's been, you know, losing confidence, you know, losing all those games or if it's been, you know, hamstrung play calling. There's, there's a lot of things, but seeing that to me, you know, I, I didn't give a shit that they won that they that won the game, which sounds very very bizarre for me to say. But yeah, like I, I was I was actually happy to see that. Well, and I think for me, I'm, I'm curious what, what you think, Josh. But as for me, I also you know you see what what Baker Mayfield is doing in Cleveland, and I mean just the way he played on Sunday and some of those throws. You know, I only, he only had one touchdown on the day, but but still, you know, Baker Mayfield is just lighting it up for Cleveland. Cleveland is actually winning football games, you know, which is amazing to think about. Um, you know, certainly not <laughs> going to the playoffs or anything, but you look at their future and you say, okay, I-, I can see it. I can see it happening. And so I think that's my big worry going into the offseason. They've sold the farm for, for Darnold, and here we are, and he's going to be our quarterback for the next five years, I would imagine, at least. And you want to see that progression. So I certainly think we're starting to see moments there. What, what did you think, Josh? We just talk about the scrambling around, finding Robbie Anderson for the touchdown. It was actually the one before that, um, the long throw to Anderson down the sideline, with like a, just like the perfect throw, the very perfect spot. Robbie Anderson catches the ball around like the three or four-yard line. You know, I think we've seen it all there. And this is going to come up in comment section today where I, I saw an interesting quote from Todd Bowles about um, Sam Darnold's play on Sunday. Um, looking like himself. And so, you know, I, I don't know if it's the unshackling as much as maybe they're finally, I mean, they're just letting him try to be himself and, and let the guy play play football the way he plays football and maybe realizing internally that their coaching of, of him has not been to the best 
of their ability or to the best of his ability at this point. So, you know, I, I, I love the maturation. It was good just to see him come back. I mean, a month off and then to get hurt on the first series and come back and not just be competitive but lead the team to a late victory is just, you know, that's, that's the shot in the arm that I think all the young guys on this squad need to see. Um, it was obviously, I mean, we're all here on the reports of the post game that it was like a, you know, a Super Bowl victory feeling in the locker room afterward. You know, this just felt like such a moment for the team to feel like we're not crazy. Like we have our guy, we've got some talent here. We can win football games. Clearly there's nine things we have to address in the off season, but we have some of the foundational pieces. And so, you know, if nothing else, we walked out of Buffalo on Sunday feeling like we do have our guy um, and with some competent coaching, a better scheme, and some better weapons around him, you know, the next couple of years could be really exciting. So, Josh, you mentioned competent coaching, and essentially, Josh, what you and I talked about last week now uh, on the podcast and in what the Jets needed to do to manage this game effectively essentially didn't – well, what we didn't want to happen played itself out. Now, now Zay Jones – was not as involved in the offense as I thought he would have been. And other guys like Robert Foster and I can't remember some of the other players, uh, wide receivers' names, and that doesn't matter. But they got involved uh, and were certainly helping Josh Allen. But Josh Allen was running all over the place on this team, and I don't understand how this team did not prepare or even if they, I guess, or maybe better execute on stopping him. What, I mean, is he that good? Is he Mike Vick? Is he Patrick Mahomes? Is he Lamar Jackson? I don't think so. So when you watched that game yesterday, guys, what what did you think in terms of the Jets' inability to stop Josh Allen running the ball? It was driving me insane. It's indicative of, every, of our defensive line this entire season. I mean, we watched, you know, 88-year-old Frank Gore run over us in the first Miami game. LaShawn McCoy destroyed us the the last game. We can't stop the run. It doesn't matter who it is. They they could they could put freaking Ron Finkel or whatever that guy Finkel or Einhorn whatever right or or even Jim Carrey back there and he'd probably pick up some yards against our our run defense. It's it's just piss poor. I don't. It's I I I thoroughly expected it considering uh, his his rushing. Uh, the two games prior, um, and I knew that we weren't going to be able to stop him, and it was it totally transpired. It's it, it's just schematically, I don't know what the hell is going on. Um, it seems like we're actually getting to the quarterback on on some plays finally this year, uh, but we you know we, we we can't do what we've always been good at, which has been stopping the run. Uh, it's it's very bizarre to me, and it's indicative of of how terrible Todd Bowles is running this team. I mean, Todd Bowles is the defensive mind. It's his scheme. It's his defense. You can say what you want about Casey Rogers, but at the end of the day, it's it's his, mm-hmm. and it's not working. Yeah, what, what did you see, Josh? Yeah, well, listen, as is known with Josh Allen, you can't hope to stop him. You only hope to contain him, guys. <laughs> he is the second coming. You know, I, I saw a stat. I was watching a little bit of the, of the game on uh, on Red Zone early. As soon as Darnold went out, I flipped over to Red Zone for a little bit, see what's going on in the league. And that's when I saw the big, I think it was like a 30-yard, his 30-yard touchdown run. But um, the Scott Hansen, the host of, of Red Zone, threw up this stat. Um, by the end of the game, Josh Allen, over his last three games, has run for over 300 yards, which is more than any other quarterback has ever done in the modern NFL. More than Michael Vick, more than Randall Cunningham, more than any other running quarterback you can think of in the last, you know, Robert Griffin out of the last maybe 10 or 15, 30, 40 years. He, 
he is this athletic, guys. I can't believe it. I can't believe he is the most athletic quarterback to ever play the field. How he ended up in Wyoming, of course. You know, why is he not at an Alabama or or Old Miss somewhere like that? Um, obviously, I'm teasing. I don't think he's really this good. But, you know, I think the scheme is a problem. And, you know, when you're playing the Bills, I don't think that you're necessarily worried and keying in on Josh Allen. So some of it might just be schematically. The last three teams the Bills have played have not made it a point to stop him. I think whoever they play next are probably going to be doing that a little bit more. Um, but I think it's a little blip on the radar. If anything, it just alerted me to the fact that we don't have speed on the edges. And so even going into the draft, guys that can set the edge and keep it, um, which this draft is going to be big on defensive ends and defensive tackles outside linebackers, which, you know, the Jets, if they're going to make a pick in the top 15, it's going to be it's going to be another defensive tackle, another outside linebacker. So, um, you know, it just having guys that can set the edge against a quarterback like this, um, I think this is where the NFL is going. I think we've seen it. Baker Mayfield does it. Patrick Mahomes does it. These guys run around and are just kind of extending plays consistently. And so this is going to be an area where the Jets are going to have to address their defense in the offseason is getting a couple of guys around the edges of that defense that can set the edge and keep it. Um, so I don't think it's Josh Allen as much as the scheme, like Trav said, but um, certainly it's an area that we got to take an eye at. Um, um, in, in either free agency or uh, coming up in the draft. Yeah, I think you, know, you look at Josh Allen, look at his prospect profile, you know, 4.7540, you know, at his uh, at his height, you know, that's a you know, 78th percentile burst score, um, you know, uh, speed score, 82nd percentile burst score, that's kind of more, um, you know, suddenness of movement. Uh, he's decently agile. I mean, he would be uh, not not as agile as a, as a you know super great tight end, but he, he's certainly agile for a quarterback. Has one of the fastest uh, clocked balls in the in the league at sixty two miles an hour. But the big problem with him is you know his college QBR was sixty three point two, which was seventy uh, excuse me second twenty second percentile in the NFL. So like the issue with Josh Allen is fast, highly inaccurate. So right the it's a pretty one dimensional guy in terms of his ability, like his abilities. It's like, if you can stop the run and you can stop the, you know, make him force him to make passes that he's not going to be able to make, like you're going to be able to stop him uh, at least until he matures his game. So that's the thing that frustrated me that it was even as close as it, as it was. But, uh, but anyway, let's, let's move on. The, the one, Oh, the one thing I did want to say is Tremaine Johnson had, had quite a game, uh, again, you know, he seemed to be playing well over the last month or so. Uh, did you guys see the play where Morris Claiborne essentially just fell to the dirt on the uh, on the McKenzie touchdown? Did you see that where he basically just I don't know he just it was like a sniper shot. Did you did you guys <laughs> see that play? Yes. Uh, is Morris Claiborne going to be on this team next year? I uh, no. I hope not. Okay, I hope not. Well, talking about some Jets defensive players. Travis, what do you have for us this week in Darren Lee? And now it's time for This Week in Darren Lee. Darren Lee. Look at this f***ing guy. Look away. I'm, I'm I love roller coasters, I, but, but they, 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 they scare me sometimes. You can act like a man! What's the matter with you? This Week in Darren Lee. I had to bring it back at least for, for just a, a couple quick comments. Uh, it's really hard because I don't think I can audibly shake my head over the podcast. Um, but, man, just, you know, put put the weed down for, you know, at least the season. Uh, 
please, no. Um, I was actually, I think, more disappointed that it wasn't a PED thing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> because, sweet Jesus. But but I got to tell you, he did he did bring about something that, that I'm pretty, pretty psyched about. Um, I think uh, since I've only worn my, my Darren Lee jersey once, I'm going to attempt to see if I can trade it for uh, a, a Neville Hewitt jersey. Number one, it sounds like he should be like third Duke of Newark. I, like it's, it's the most <laughs> amazing name in football, in my opinion. Um, I want to call him, like, Sir Neville Hewitt. Um, so, but he had a great freaking game. Uh, he played pretty damn well uh, in in uh, popping in for Darren. Yeah. So that was another thing that was actually a, a shining light in that game for me was um, thank you to Darren Lee for giving some young guys a little bit of time because I don't think Todd wants to do that unless you uh, you, you force his hand by blazing and, and stuff. I'm, I'm I'm getting too old to have good metaphors for smoking weed, which is funny know. from you. Uh, anyway, but yeah, uh, and just in other news, just so you know, he he has deleted his Instagram page. I know, and I'm, and his Twitter. I'm very, very I was very sad the Instagram was gone. Sure, it'll make. But yeah, he he's totally disappeared. But I, I do live close to Chattanooga, so I've been thinking about. Trying well since he's off of Instagram and Twitter, it's not like I can stalk him and show up and find him in Chattanooga. But hopefully he'll pop back on and I can find him, you know, sometime during the off season, hanging out in Chattanooga. Well, uh, I'm sure he has a side Insta account that all these all these players have their side accounts for their. Uh, well, I know where he can buy weed there, so I mean, <laughs> so just yeah, there you go. Just stop, just uh, just uh, stake him out there. I like it. Yeah, I'm just gonna hit him up and be like, dude, you know, I got, I got hookups there. You know, I know all the restaurant people. Oh my, right. Sounds good. Well, I mean, I think that is super frustrating, right? Like, I I don't know. Hopefully, that there will be the NFL will make changes to the rules because I do think it's a little bit. Uh, I haven't talked about it on this podcast, but. It is hypocritical that players can pop Vicodin and all this kind of stuff with no issues as much as they want. Team doctors are basically jamming this stuff down their throats, and they can't do this. I'm like, I see the hypocrisy in that. That said, there are rules and regulations by which the, the league operates, and so was it that he just doesn't care about the season anymore? I don't know. Or he just got caught or whatever. It, it just, it's indicative of of kind of the things that are happening at least this year. So certainly disappointing. Um, all right. So since we've, we've talked anything else about Darren Lee, we're, we're good. I think I'm good. All right, Josh, Josh, uh, anything on Darren Lee for you? Maybe this is uh, maybe this is retribution for the Red Sox thing. Yeah. I, I assume word got back to him. And so that's why he's deleted his Instagram as he is hiding in shame of my blazing take about two months ago. <laughs> um, I'm just sad we're not going to get um, Travis rants about Darren Lee for a while. That's that's really that's really what the what we're all missing out on at this point. It's fair. It's a fair point. All right. Well, Josh, you have put the emojis to bed for a little bit, but uh, we are very excited to take a look at what's going on inside the comments section. Sometimes my fans leave some very interesting comments on my page, and I'm going to read them to you. Yeah, so I actually have two today, guys. I want to talk about both of them. So, um, yeah, two, two already. So after the game, Todd Bowles 
um, in his in his post game uh, comments said this phrase, and I want I just want to get some of your thoughts around it. Um, I, I went to find it in context, and I'm not sure you know if someone out there wants to correct this, but just hear these words. He said this about Sam Darnold. He said he's starting to be himself and wanting to be himself. Guys, what do we think about that? I think he's living his truth. I was going to say, I thought, I'm assuming that he bought a couple of Brene Brown books. I mean, I feel the same way. You know, I'm, I'm ready to put myself out there. I'm ready, ready to be me, be vulnerable. Right. Transparency. Transparency is, uh, is, is how NFL players need to play. They need to play their best transparent selves. You know, they need to uh, be the man in the arena and, you know, I don't know what other platitudes can we say. <laughs> it is a weird quote. Can you read it again? What is yeah, it? Yeah, right? He said, Sam Darnold is starting to be himself and wanting to be himself. Mm. I, I, one of two things has happened here. Todd Bowles is either hinting at the fact that they've tried to make him into something he isn't for most of the season, which is probably more likely, or... Yes. Todd Bowles has been watching a whole lot of Sex in the City and just yeah. listening to like the typing um, that Sarah Jessica Parker would do in her in her weekly blog. That's the <laughs> only thing I can think of at this point that's happening in Todd Bowles' life. I am someone who is looking for love. Real love. Ridiculous. Inconvenient. Consuming. Can't live without each other love and I don't think that love is here in in this expensive suite in in this lovely hotel in Paris uh yeah I, yeah I could see that I could definitely see that yeah her kind of like Quirky, introspective, you know, yeah, see, those scenes, yeah, I know exactly what you yeah. mean. So, um, so that, that's one. I don't know what you guys are talking about. What, what's the show? Yeah, oh, well, yeah. You didn't have a significant other who made you watch Sex in the City? You've got to be talking about that crappy Golden Girls ripoff with the younger chicks in New York, right? Yeah, that's the one, yeah. That's okay, that's what, I, that's what I refer to it as, the crappy Golden Girls ripoff. I fully expected Travis to have, like, bought the box set and been at the movie theaters the night that that movie opened. Well, somebody told me the other day that I was like the male version of Carrie because I've got like eighty pairs of Jordans. <laughs> yeah, they're your you don't even know what that Nolo Blonics. Yeah. Well, apparently she loves shoes. Like, that's all yeah. I know about it. She loves shoes, and like, there's Nolo there's a Blonic. Kim Cattrall she likes likes to, like sex. Like you know, I, I don't know. Well, I think you should watch. <laughs> I think I think for the introspective Sarah Jessica Parker monologues yeah. for themselves. You would understand exactly where that quote came from. So that's one. Here, here's the other one. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, Travis. I, I need you to go watch all 27 seasons of Sex in the City. So that, is this a football podcast, or are we really doing this? Can, so that you can be yourself and you can want to be yourself. Right? Okay. All that's right. going to be the mantra we say to each other right before we start recording every week. Brian, this week, I want you to be yourself and want to be yourself. Uh, yeah. So I think there is this idea of he's coming into his own, he's understanding his identity a little bit, and but, like, the, the idea of, like, him wanting to be himself or whatever is kind of this, he's not just out there pleasing, like, his coaches, like, yes, sir, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, sir. Like, he's trying to exert his influence uh, a little bit more, maybe in the meeting room or whatever. That that's kind of the way I would read it, but it is a weird, weird quote. Absolutely. 
Yeah, it's bizarre for sure. Here, here's the second one, and I wanted to run this by you. I, I found it more interesting, um, and, and I think I think we might have some reasons for why it was interesting. Uh, this came from Kelvin Beecham after the game. He said, um, right before that, the, the, the game-winning touchdown by Eli McGuire, he said, I told Elijah, make sure you celebrate with us after you score, because Trenton, Trenton Cannon, had one earlier in the game, and he, like, threw the ball up and started running away from us. So I told him, Elijah, celebrate with us once he scored. It was a special moment. I, I'm, I'm kind of seeing uh, Beecham as, as that guy. Uh, you, you ever seen that movie, uh, Not Another Teen Movie? Yeah. How have you seen that and not seen Sex in the City? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's beside the point. But, but there's a dude who, who just keeps on trying to, like, start a slow clap in all these moments. Um and I feel like Kelvin's that guy. It's like he's like he's like, oh man, this is our moment to celebrate. We've been playing so shitty that oh man, sweet. Uh, and he's like in the back cheering it with like nobody with him, and he's like turning around like yeah, no one to high five. Oh, uh, I love it. Wow. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Is it's been a pretty rough season, um, and I know Kelvin Beecham was on an episode of Fixer Upper. Yeah, probably another show Travis probably doesn't watch. Anyway, um, I'm completely unaware of that. <laughs> Anyway, I think I think it's been a rough, rough season, and so I think he's he's trying to get in on the action. And I think the other thing is, hey man, you go out, you watch these, you know, Sunday night games, you watch the Monday night games, the Thursday night games, and you know these teams are coming out here and they've got scripted ideas of what they're doing when they get in the end zone. And I think it's probably an indication of how bad the Jets are this year that they're not even thinking about what will we do? Hey, we're going to do a family photo like uh, like the Jaden Pinkett Smiths do or whatever, you know, when we get in the end zone or we're going to have, you know, do the limbo contest or whatever. They're not even thinking about that because they don't even think they're going to get in the end zone, which makes me want to throw myself off a bridge. Sorry, yeah. you were saying? No, I, it's it's it's, just, it's, really, it's really sad that Kelvin Beecham had to pull Eli McGuire aside to say, "Hey, can you can you just celebrate this with us?" Like, I can't tell if Kelvin thinks that the offensive line is maybe a little better than they actually are. They're um, not good. They're you're, Kel, Kel, you're not, you guys aren't that great. Um, just be happy that the ball crossed the end zone right. line and we scored points. Let's just get that down, and let's worry about celebrations later. Yeah. Are we celebrating? Are we? Are, what are we thinking about? And are we kind of huddling and giving ourselves self care and you know, um, you know, hugs and whatever when they're blasting right through? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Cosmos when when they're blasting right through the middle of the line. Did you see that play? I think it was Eli McGuire, like down near the end zone, where they just blew through the line and just blasted him back like four yards. So it's like. What are we doing on those plays, Kelvin? What are we doing on those plays, buddy? Yeah, at this point, I just want Kelvin to start being himself and wanting to be himself. (laughs) Well, good. Well, hopefully, Sam Darnold, now that he's being himself, um, he's going to be ready to be himself against one of the best defenses coming up this Saturday in the Houston Texans. Fellas, bloodbath? Blood bird bath? (laughs) Or... Paper cut. Like, what are we? What are we looking at here? Like, how bad is this game going to be for the Jets? I mean, I, the the. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say. I think that. I think you know the the Houston Texans are not without some flaws, but they're still a wildly better team than this team. So when you think about the Houston Texans and the way their defense is playing, 
what is the likely outcome this coming weekend? No good. I, I, the Sean Watson is playing really well. Um, if, if there's going to be any paper cuts, that's going to be the impact our offense has against that defense, I'm afraid. Um, you know, I, I, Isaiah Crowell might play, might not. Who cares? He's, 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 he's terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, Trenton Cannon, you don't even know if he's going to be on the field ever. I mean, I, and Nunwa can't, you know, he, he's getting double teamed every freaking, every route that he's on. You know, I, I don't, I don't have high hopes. Um, at all. I mean, this is going to be that fulfilling the tank moment, I think, for us. There's a couple of matchups individually. You know, I, I think I agree with that, but you know, I, I'm interested to see Tremaine line up with DeAndre Hopkins. I'm interested to see um, what the Jets do with Deshaun Watson, maybe after seeing, you know, a much lesser version of Deshaun Watson in, uh, in Josh Allen, or should I say a better version of Deshaun Watson in Josh Allen. Exactly. Uh, he, he's incredible. And Lamar Miller, you know, is around a thousand yards again, you know, I don't think by any stretch is considered one of the top running backs, but you know, some of these individual matchups might be a little bit interesting to keep an eye on on Sunday. I don't have any aspirations for a victory. I think this was a smart move by the league to bury this on the first, uh, the first Saturday game of the, the late season at four thirty, and, and you know, families are out shopping or at holiday parties or tree decorating and no one has to watch the Jets lose by 30 at home to the Texans. But, um, listen, I want to see Sam continue to throw the ball. Um, I want to see this offense maybe continue to have the shackles taken off them, and I'd love to see, you know, what, what we do with, with that high-powered offense, see, see what we could do um, in some of those individual matchups as we start thinking about next year. Yeah, I, I like the matchups that you call out. I think one of the interesting ones is um, – you know, we don't have a T.Y. Hilton on this team. I don't know if you guys were aware. There's no T.Y. Hilton on this team. There's not. Uh, but T.Y. Hilton just lit up the Houston Texans uh, this past weekend. And so I think he saw a lot of time um, against Jonathan Joseph, who has had a decent season so far for a, you know, plus 30 player, but but is certainly um, a guy who can be beat. So I would be curious to know if – while Sam Darnold is being his best self or whatever, um, if he's trying to uh, exploit that matchup. And it seems to me like if you can find situations to get Robbie Anderson um, ISOed against him, that would probably be a good a good opportunity um, to, to try and take advantage of it. But, right, when I think about the Jets – what I'm most worried about is, is you know, the, the offensive line, their ability to hold up against Watt and, you know, the rest of this kind of defensive front and and protect Sam Darnold. So when I think about this game, I have to think about, okay, how are they going to try and run the ball? The run's probably not going to be that effective. Um, so how do we move the ball quickly, you know, with short, you know, kind of short passes, screens, uh, dump-offs, that sort of thing, get to the tight end. You know, hopefully this might be a game where Chris Erndon um, seems to get more involved. He obviously was hot there for a while earlier in the season and, you know, has, has cooled off a little bit of, of late. But he could be another person who could see some, um, some run in, in this game against this team. Uh, what, what do you think, Travis? Um, I, I think a lot of it boils down to uh, Robbie Anderson. It's kind of what you were talking about with us not having a T.Y. Hilton. He's the closest thing we've got. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's probably one of the worst route runners in the league from what, I, from what I watch, like, week in and week out. But, you know, 
part of the the Bills game, part of what came out of that was, you know, you you could see a little bit of rapport continuing to build with those two. I mean, you you don't make that throw that Josh was talking about uh, on the sideline uh, without having a little bit of that rapport and timing. So seeing those timing throws from Darnold, gives me a little bit of hope because if, if Robbie can start stretching the, the field and, and taking Jonathan Joseph off, then, you know, those those underneath things are going to open up more for, you know, Herndon and Leggett uh, and, and, and Inunua. Um, those are the things that, you know, I, I think that's a deficiency that we have that, that I don't think enough people look at. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, to – be able to even take a check down when you've got no reason for the defensive backs to, to go downfield. So that actually is, is something that, that gives me a little bit of hope for this weekend. If, if they can build on that and he can, he can start, you know, trying to, to not just do a go route, um, get a little less sloppy. I, I think that, you know, that'll, that'll help those kind of, of circumstances. Yeah. Um, I think right to to Josh's point earlier in the game. Right, this is this is a game where yeah, you're hoping that the Jets can at least show up and not embarrass themselves in what seems like an inevitable outcome for a team that is you know hungry and looking to make a push at the playoffs in an increasingly difficult uh, AFC South. So um, so this is an opportunity for the Texans to, you know, get an easy win, but again, it comes on the road Saturday. So it's not that short of a week, but it is a little bit of a shortened week on a travel week. So it could become the classic trap game, but the thing for the Jets is right. It has to fall all right because their offense isn't so good that it can overpower their defense and their defense isn't so good that it's just going to, you know, totally quagmire this offense. So, as I look at this game, I just hope that they can do a, do a good job, put on a good show, but right as Josh, as you said earlier, uh, how did you phrase it? Um, you know, try really hard, but, uh, but you know, ultimately come up short. Yeah, I want to see Sam Darnold throw for 500 yards and five touchdowns and we lose on a 67-yard field goal or something. It's fine. <laughs> well, the, the good thing you got going for you there is uh, how many times have the Jets won back-to-back games in the past three four years? Oh, right, yeah, good Ooh, point. That's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to guess at least it's, it's, it's maybe been twice. Oh my gosh! <laughs> hey, you know one one last little note. I want to see, you know it, we'll have to see what what Crowell's ankle looks like. I know he turned it late in there midway through the game. I wonder if Eli McGuire continues to see the lion's share of carries. You know, I'm I'm a big Eli guy. I, I really like him. Mm-hmm. He showed me a lot on Sunday. I'd love to see him uh, continue to get ten to fifteen, twenty touches in this game. That'd be a lot of fun. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for us. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for your time. Travis, uh, we are excited to uh, to see some postings as you maybe soft open or maybe wait a little bit to open your your first uh, first foray down there in your new at your new uh, your new digs. So please keep us posted on Twitter. You can find Travis on Twitter at dash thirty seven board twenty seven and Josh Conrad. You can find him and his twins on. Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we will uh, pray and hope for a good outcome this Sunday. Thanks. See you next week. Go be your best self, everybody. Go want to be yourself. I'm going to go watch Sex and City now.